This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, June 28th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week is in JAMA Network Open and is titled Long-Term Risk of Overdose or Mental Health Crisis After Opioid Dose Tapering. This cohort study, which lasted from 2008 to 2017, focused on 19,000 patients experiencing opioid dose tapering after a 12-month period of stable dosing of 50 morphine milligram equivalents or more. The study found that rates of withdrawal, overdose, and mental health crisis increased significantly in the post-induction period. Findings suggest that elevated risks of overdose and mental health crisis may persist for up to two years after taper initiation. As a result, patients prescribed higher doses may benefit from more intensive support and monitoring. Next is a study in the American Journal of Psychiatry titled Flexible Buprenorphine Naloxone Model of Care for Reducing Opioid Use in Individuals with Prescription-Type Opioid Use Disorder. This randomized, non-inferiority, controlled trial compared take-home buprenorphine naloxone to supervised methadone. The study randomized patients to receive either 60 to 120 milligrams of methadone or up to 24 milligrams of buprenorphine and 6 milligrams of naloxone. The study found that the primary outcome was opioid use at 24 weeks. The buprenorphine naloxone treatment was found to be non-inferior to methadone, with 24% of participants found to be opioid negative at 24 weeks for the buprenorphine and naloxone group, and 18.5% were found to be negative for the methadone group. The study also showed poor treatment retention and, for both groups, relatively low decrease in opioid use. A new observational study in the American Journal of Drug and Alcohol Abuse is titled Coroner County Systems are Associated with a Higher Likelihood of Unclassified Drug Overdoses Compared to Medical Examiner County Systems. This study sought to understand the role of medico-legal death investigation systems in unclassified drug overdose mortality. The study found that in 2018, drug overdose deaths that occurred in coroner counties were almost four times more likely to be unclassified compared to those that occurred in medical examiner counties. The odds ratio was twice as large for 2014, indicating that medical examiner counties are improving identification of opioids and drug overdoses more quickly than coroner counties. Our next article in the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs is titled Self-Help Group Attendance, Associated Outcomes Among Individuals with Substance Use Disorder in Short-Term Retention Facilities. This study utilized data from SAMHSA's treatment episode dataset for short-term residential treatment. The authors then examined the relationship between frequency of self-help group attendance and treatment completion, or time to drop out. The study found that 62% of the total completed treatment, though 42% of episodes had no self-help group attendance. Self-help group attendance was strongly associated with treatment completion, and those who attended self-help groups between 8 and 30 times were three times more likely to complete treatment. Next, we have a study in substance abuse titled Smartphone-Based Alcohol Interventions. This study found that smartphone notifications had the positive benefit of reminding participants of their drinking goals and encouraged them to log their alcohol use. The authors found two studies that documented reductions in alcohol use 
resulting from smartphone notifications. However, the authors also reference other studies that show that a majority of users of smartphone apps quit after a month. A new study in addiction is titled Frequency of Adolescent Cannabis Smoking and Vaping in the U.S. This observational study used participants from the U.S. Monitoring the Future survey and quantified the trends in frequent and occasional cannabis vaping. The authors also factored in demographic differences in concurrent nicotine and alcohol use. The study found that, among adolescents in the U.S., cannabis use without vaping appears to be declining, while cannabis use with vaping is accelerating. Cannabis use among U.S. adolescents remains highly associated with other substance use. Next is an article in JAMA Health Forum titled Patterns and Actions Against Physician Licenses Related to Substance Use and Psychological or Physical Impairment in the U.S. from 2004 to 2020. The study reviewed data on 5,000 physicians whose license actions were due to substance use, psychological health impairment, or physical health impairment. The study found that license actions related to substance use declined during the past 17 years but remained markedly higher than license actions related to physical impairment. Physicians with license actions related to substance use or psychological impairment were more likely to receive indefinite penalties and have an emergency action taken against their license. These findings suggest the need to improve mental health and support for physicians, particularly interventions that may obviate license action. Our final article, titled The Opioid Crisis, Centers for Disease Control Opioid Guideline and Naloxone Co-Prescription for Patients at Risk for Opioid Overdose, is in Anesthesia and Analgesia. While policy changes, guidelines, and recommendations have all made impacts on opioid prescribing, overdose deaths continue to rise, and prescription opioids are still a major cause of death. Easy access to naloxone has been associated with lower opioid overdose deaths, and while there have been many efforts to increase access, including community-based distribution programs, standing orders at pharmacies, and, more recently, recommendations for co-prescribing with opioids, only 1 in 70 patients prescribed opioids also received naloxone. The authors highlight a recent study evaluating the use of HER to prompt providers when patients were receiving opioids with significant increases in naloxone prescribing. Such initiatives at other health systems could have a significant impact on the epidemic. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.